And we're back. We and we're, and back. we're back. Okay. Everybody's got it? Yeah. Cool. Have you guys been watching uh, Yellowstone? Yeah. That's a good show. I just got into nope. it. No, I'm, well, Tank, you're missing out. I mean, I had to get a cowboy hat because of that show. Man, look. You know, the fifth season just came out. So I've been I've been going back. I had to go back and watch the fifth season again. So that way I knew of I don't forgot a bunch of stuff. So right. I remember what was going on when I started the fifth one. Well, no spoiler alerts, but nah, it's a good I, show. I'm on season two. I'm, I'm way behind. So now nah, look, I've, I've watched the whole thing. I'm up to date, but I go back to like season one and start watching from the beginning. So here I go. I'll, I'll say this real quick before we get going. The thing is, I'm, I'm uh, conflicted. I'll tell you why. So um, uh, Yellowstone has been getting some... Um, some uh, some flack or some backlash saying that it's a very right leaning show, oh. and uh, and because of that, which it kind of sort of you know because John Dutton you know, but the, here's the thing though, the thing is, and and this is the thing I guess that people you got to really understand the nuances. So whilst uh, John Dutton, uh, him individually, I don't know about the whole family, but him definitely, you know, so he's a Republican guy, just won the governorship and that whole fucking thing. But he's not like a a Republican today. He's like a Reagan Republican. You know what I'm saying? It's like it's there's a difference between the two. So. So everybody that's trying to let their heads explode, uh, explode about that bullshit. It's like I get it, but they're way off the mark in the sense that it's not the same thing as what some of the concerns are <coughs> nowadays. You know, like, this motherfucker ain't talking about Jewish space lasers and all this kind of weird shit. He's just like an old school right wing kind of guy. He's an old school conservative, not not like a new school conservative foaming at the mouth about shit. He's like hey, man. Yeah, that John Wayne kind of shit. You know what I mean? Ronnie talked about Star Wars, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he did, but but see, Star Wars. That's the actual thing. They're like we, we actually some of the shit that they were talking about then is like no, like man, look, the, uh, the Star Wars ideology is why we got fucking everybody's got a fucking st- uh, cell phone now, you know. So his shit was realistic based on some actual facts, whereas the <laughs> space lasers shooting Jews from from the planet Uranus. Come on, yeah, you know, that's some Alex Jones shit there, man. Yeah, yeah, man. <laughs> All right. Mm-hmm. Wait, was, was Kanye talking about the Jews and space lasers? Because Kanye got Kanye pissed off Jews recently. Kanye has been pissing me off for years. Oh, okay. Yeah, he didn't. Did I say Kanye? Kanye's pissed off everybody. Yeah. Music's on point, though. That dude. Yeah, see, that's the shit. Music's on point. Music's on point. Man, ain't that the case? Good, great fucking music. And when he's when he's just being a, being an artist, oh, that motherfucker's great. It's like yeah. they let this fool outside the studio. There's all kinds of problems. Actually, I'll tell you what I really think. Here's here's my um, here's my QAnon conspiracy. I think the Kardashians mm. was uh, secretly installed by the KKK to fuck up black people. <laughs> <laughs> what they do is they find they find the most influential black guys they can. That's why they got those big asses. See, they get those big asses and attract like the, the wealthiest ball players and so on and so forth. They they fuck them real good, and then next thing you know, they ass go crazy. Look That's here. why it didn't work on Pete Davidson. Yeah, yeah, Pete exactly. Davidson, he tried it, but he was like, no, 
Yeah. Well, see, Davidson's got a 10, but see, they, they thought he was wrong, right? They, right. They, oh, shit, bro, they made a bad decision. Look at a Lamar Odom. Mm-hmm. He turned into a full-blown crackhead and God knows what. They they turned Bruce Jenner into a woman. God damn it. That was the, weed, that was the Wheaties, man. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think they did something. He was, well, he if, was Kanye goes, if Kanye yeah. goes trans, we know there, there might be something to that theory. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. What the fuck are we talking about here? I don't know. <laughs> Yellowstone. We're talking about Yellowstone. Yeah. Hey, no, we're not. Right. Yeah. Do you think? Right. Do you think Yellowstone? Do you think Yellowstone will do the same thing Sons of Anarchy did to bikers, where it was like, oh shit, all the bikers are shooting people. Do you think Yellowstone's going to do that to cattle ranchers? Like well, cattle, cattle ranchers now have a bad fucking rap. You know what? You know, that's a great question. Okay, so here's the thing. No, it's not. So no, 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 it's kind of what went down if you're watching it. It's kind of what's going down. Okay, okay, I'll, I'll watch. <laughs> yeah, you got, you got to check that shit out. It, it's a good-ass show. But um, <laughs> cattle ranchers are, are different now. It's like they, what they what cattle ranchers used to be what they are now, two different things. These are some wealthy motherfuckers. And it's not that they don't get out there and do their thing. They do, but... um the industry and everything else about it has changed like um years ago in the 80s there was this guy because i don't know if you knew this but but they didn't have uh for centuries there were no cows in japan Mm. and um so they were getting all of their beef from other countries united states being one of them and us being savvy sort of like the japanese um, we didn't sell American ranches to anybody other than Americans. It was, it's been a practice, and it still is kind of that practice now. Well, this one motherfucker, uh, uh, Toronada, uh, became the, the damn uh, cattle king of Japan because what he did, he used a shell company uh, in the 80s, or in late 70s, early 80s, bought up uh, a bunch of stock in a publicly traded uh, cattle farm, bought it, then once he owned it through this through this so-called American shell company, all the cows, all this cattle belonged to him. Especially, most importantly, the uh, the the bulls that that breed more cows. Right? Learned how all this shit worked. Then he literally, and this is an expensive undertaking. The guy was already had a lot of money. Loaded up every fucking cow that there was, shipped them to Japan. Like we have this thing called Kobe beef. You heard of yeah. Kobe beef? Oh yeah, oh, yeah. The motherfucker took these cows, took them to Kobe, and it became a thing. So now that's the, and the price of, of beef, and it has always been expensive in Japan, but now it went through the fucking roof. But here's what I'm paying for. We pay higher for, for fucking beef from Japan, even though it actually started here in the first place. This motherfucker was a marketing genius. But so he had the first real cattle ranch in Japan and um so now, now that's an like industry in Japan, but he started it, and he's a billionaire now. But, most, um, of, most of the beef that you get, we get here that they call Kobe is Wagyu. Uh, but mm-hmm. um, a tr- traditional Kobe can, can't be imported, exported out of Japan. Okay, gotcha. The true stuff. That shit's like super expensive. Yep, yep. And, they're make, and it's, it's crazy to me that, um, so like in Japan, and um, I remember back then the, the arguments was, oh, well, you know, why won't we let somebody else buy an American ranch? You know, so what? Personally, I'm like, fuck y'all. It's American ranch. The shit ought to stay here by somebody who's from here, da, 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 da. That was, you know, my feel. I still feel that way. Because guess what? In Japan, you can't, if you're an American, you cannot own property in Japan. 
my nephew, uh, my nephew, he just got back in uh, in June. He was over there like 20 plus years. Uh, his wife's Japanese, which is the little caveat that allowed him to be able to buy property in Japan if he wanted to. But the problem is, even because he's an American, with the fees, the taxes, the levies, and everything else, an American who's, who has a, a Japanese spouse, it's going to cost you three and four times as much for the same fucking house that that a Japanese person could buy because they don't want you to. If you're in business, you have to have some J Japanese associate. Like if you live in Japan and all like that, you want to open a mom and pop shop, can't do it. Not you know, without a whole lot of concessions. Well, you know, Bone, they're probably still a little salty about that whole atomic bomb thing, you know? Motherfucker's <laughs> so sensitive. Damn. <laughs> so sensitive. I know. <laughs> Turn two of their cities into a glass parking lot, you know? Geez, you know? You know? A little bugaboo like, or something. Nobody can take a <laughs> joke anymore. Damn. <laughs> Yeah. Well, they did give us squid porn. Hey. <laughs> so here we are with uh, Big Bone One Percenter and Archbishop One Percenter. How are you guys doing? Doing man. good, man. Doing good. Good. Yeah, this is going pretty good, man. You know, can't complain too much. Well, we've had Big Bone One Percenter on before, but we never uh, talked to Archbishop One Percenter. So, Arch, what's going on, man? What's your deal? Uh well, <laughs> let's see. Uh, you know, for the most part, I'm just traveling around. For the most part, we've been uh, been out here doing this MC thing for about 22 years now. Wow! So, uh, just been out and about. Uh, like I said, what we're doing now, like on the big, big you know, we're just basically just spreading a lot of the, a lot of the experience and the knowledge and stuff that we've been. That we went through through all these years, just basically just just putting it out for everybody. You know, oh, right on. This uh, this MC scene now is like uh, it's like a dying breed now. If you think about it, you know, a lot of the the customs and traditions and stuff like that is just kind of going along to the wayside. So a lot of the stuff that we talk about now is is bringing back, you know, the protocol, the customs, the traditions that, that we came in at to be able to kind of <clears throat> revitalize the MC scene. Yeah. Now, big, big bone. You got that uh, new podcast slash YouTube channel, the Boneyard. Is yeah, Arch yeah. there with you? The big Boneyard, and yeah, uh, Archbishop is the co-hostess with the motherfucking uh, with the doggone mostest. I don't oh, know. Fucking swear, go swear. Ahead. Yeah, oh yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. So, with the motherfucking mostest, <laughs> it feels it feels good. I let get that off my chest. But yeah, man, it's it's actually it's going really great. Um, and you know, like Archbishop was just saying, you know, our, our the goal of the of the big boneyard was to uh, address some of the because you know there's some other uh, other YouTube channels and stuff out there where people are just saying all kinds of ridiculous shit and they're they're just painting the wrong picture about what the what MC culture is and then some folks is just literally pulling stuff straight out of their ass. There's there's a cop that's out there who he's like who actually hates bikers, and, but yet he's on a, 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 promotes a biker channel. Then there's this other guy who, uh, an older fella named Squiggly or something like that. And um, I've listened to him a few times and he never has anything good to say about MCs or uh, about MCs or, uh, and certainly, uh, certainly one percent is always something negative, but then he always wraps up with, but if you're thinking about joining, here's the stuff you ought to know, as he continues to just kind of slander, or from what I've seen, just slander uh, what this thing really is. So our answer for that was, as opposed to, you know, 
uh, calling these guys out and starting a, 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 a e-gangster freaking online Twitter war, or whatever the hell they call it, is just, you know what, let's just put out the real, the real dope, the real info. Here's what protocol says. Here's what tradition is. Here's what we do. And, you know, like, because we look at bikers like, man, this is the last vestige of Americanism uh, that you're going to find pretty consistently is amongst real bikers because we believe in what we believe in. It's not so much that we're out breaking the laws that we have laws that we believe in that we follow. And, you know, and hey, it's not that we don't believe in the law. We're a bunch of law, lawless individuals, nothing like that. It's just that, you know, we believe in what we believe in. And as long as your thing don't interfere with our thing, we ain't going to have a thing. You know, everything's fine. Um, but just because something is a law or is a practice of the law doesn't mean that it's right. Because shit, slavery was legal for a long time. Didn't make it right. You know, there's a whole lot of stuff. You could bust your wife in the face on Thursday because she didn't have the soup hot at 6 p.m. And that was legal. Oh yeah, I mean, fucking 100, 100 years ago, you could marry your, your neighbor's 12 year old girl, daughter. Yeah, but I guess my whole point about all of that is, is that maybe she should have the soup on time and hot is what I'm saying. Well, that's that. <laughs> and make me a damn sandwich while I'm waiting. Now, you guys, you, you talked about how people dog one percenters, right? Yeah, yeah. I saw something on Instagram. You guys recently just did something for Thanksgiving. Yeah. You want yeah. to talk about it? Yeah. Yeah, so basically what we did, um, this is actually something that we have we had been doing for a while, and then we uh, bought it down here. Uh, one of our one of our brothers, Frank White, he was uh, he's been passionate about this for the past two years that he wanted to put together something that we were able to go out and, and uh, help the homeless a couple of times throughout the year. And uh, last year we did Thanksgiving and did a couple other little things throughout the year. But this this Thanksgiving, we, we got together and uh, um, got all the meals um put together people donated all kinds of food uh i mean you name it we had it and uh me and big bone and uh and frank white along with a couple other people um we went out and we hit every spot that we could think of that you know from from tent city to you know people just sitting on the sitting on the curb and we we passed out meals all day i think we passed out almost almost 300 meals um, yeah. on Friday. That's righteous, man. So, I'll tell you. Oh, I'm sorry. Man. I think a lot of uh, like the first place that we went to, I think they were kind of a, kind of amazed as to who it was that was that was bringing this stuff there. We were trying to explain to them, like you know, don't don't take the, the stereotype as this is this is what we really are. You know, I mean, there's a there's a lot of good that can happen from, from anywhere. But you know, throughout the years, though, people always, you know, you watching, you watching Mayans and Son of Anarchy and all that stuff, you automatically get this, this stereotypical idea in your head that this is this is what we do. We just rape, pillage, and plunder. It's not really what we do. There is a there's a lot of good stuff that we do for the community. So this, you know, this wasn't nothing that was that was publicized or televised or whatever. This is this is just something that we did because we had it in our heart to do. You know, who uh, flipped the bill for that? Well, um, I, I'm going to jump in there. I'm, I'm glad you said that um, because uh, we got that question um, 
a couple of days ago, which was for the most part, it was a few private donations, but it was pretty much just a lot of us reaching in our pocket saying, we can do this. We can uh, do like, uh, I got this much. And we reached out to a, a couple of friends of the club and everybody went and got something. And if they didn't have something to bring, they bought their hands to help us do this work. And, um, you know, this was, I think, one of the first times that that this effort got as much attention as it did. But we've actually, uh, we've been doing, and I know Archbishop forgot about it because we do it all the time, but for like the past five years, we've been doing uh, this thing. We, we've called it unity in the community. And what that is, we do that. Nowadays, folks know about Juneteenth. And they say, well, Juneteenth, what's that? Well, that's when the, the last slaves found out that, that they were free from the Emancipation Proclamation and all this stuff. And the thing is, that, that was really more of a Texas thing because Texas was the last slave outpost, if you will. But on the way to Texas, they had to stop through Florida first because, you know, there was no Facebook or Instagram and stuff back then. So it took them a minute to get the word. But um, so in Florida, uh, the date is actually not in June. It's it's a, uh, May the 22nd. So in Florida, like the old folks call it uh, Emancipation Day or Freedom Day and stuff like that. So we, every year we would celebrate that by doing, you know, we'd have face painting for the kids and, and the same sort of thing. We're feeding homeless folks. And uh, like this year, we're trying to uh, also make sure we're doing a, a, a what's being called a clothing ministry, or at least that's what our chaplain is calling it, where we're trying to get some clothes because uh, even though it's Florida, it gets kind of inclement down here. So we're trying to get some ponchos and poncho liners and tents and all this kind of stuff. And there's a number of folks that are just kind of coming out the woodwork to help us. Um, and we've been contacted just since just since uh, Friday with some folks that are saying they want to help out. And uh, we're pretty excited about it. Uh, Andrew Mora from uh, Moramoto uh, uh, Chain of Motorcycles. Uh, uh, he owns a, a chain of motorcycle dealerships here. Of course, Fran Hash, the attorney, wearing her, wearing her shirt. Um, but, you know, but it, it's, it's, a, it's what bikers do. We just don't always get, you know, we don't, we're not doing this stuff so that we can get on the Channel 6 News or something like that. We're doing it because, like we always say, take care of the community, the community will take care of you. But that's the way the bikers are. That like that's 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 nothing new for us. It's just new because folks heard about it. But I'm I'm glad that they did though. People would actually shit themselves if they realized how much money and time bikers give to the causes that they they feel that feel strong about. Oh yeah, oh, absolutely. There was um, um, I know, like I said, like I told y'all before, I just moved to Florida a couple of years ago. But um, back in Ohio, we would do we would do the same thing. But we would also have during that day, like not only were we were we feeding them. So as they as they showed up, you know, I mean, we had a hot meal for them. But we also had um, different rooms. In each room, there was something different that we was giving out. So yeah, you, right on. one room you had um, we was giving out, you know, hygiene products, stuff like that. You go in the next room, you can get clothes, coats, hats. Uh, shoes, whatever we had in there, socks, whatever. Uh, another room you go to, you could get get produce, get milk, baby diapers, whatever you needed. So we so we was kind of thinking of a wide range of stuff that we could do. And a lot of the a lot of the businesses and stuff when we went to them um, jumped on board with it, and they donated all this stuff. And then um, everything that we had left over, we took it and gave it to you know the soup kitchens and. Uh, job and family services to give, like if they had people 
they knew families that they knew they needed this stuff, they could get this stuff taken to them. So, um, but this has been going on for years. You know what I mean? It's just been, um, you have a couple of people here and there that, that kind of get together and kind of collab and, and get stuff going. You know, I'll tell you, there's, there's a, the evil underbelly to this. I call it that, and I want to call it that. As much as we're blessed with folks that uh, when they find out or if we reach out, uh, there's a, a, a good number of folks who are, who are quick to say, sure, what can I do to help? Flip side of the coin is there's folks that uh, in businesses who actively don't appreciate bikers, what bikers do or any of that, or they want to pick and choose which bikers they like this week versus the ones that they don't. Um, we do, uh, you know, um, myself and Archbishop are in the, the COC here for the middle part of Florida here. Uh, I'm the chairman uh, and Dagon Archbishop is the, the Sergeant Arms. And uh, we have a monthly bike night that we do. It's always the first Thursday of every month. And there's a, a place in town, it's actually in Gibsonton, Florida, and it's called River's Edge. And they, they River's Edge Bar and Grill. And they wanted to be kind of edgy, that's the name, you know, um, River's Edge. Uh, they wanted to create this edgy sort of a feel. And I guess the wife to the owner was saying, hey, you know, it would be great if you guys come down. I had a conversation with her, hell yeah, come on down, that'll be cool. Right up until uh, the owners found out either, I don't know whether they're pissed off about us having good tans or they just don't like the, the diamonds that we wear, but either or, we were disinvited. After we were invited, we were disinvited, uh, what was it, a day or two ago? So, hey, uh, don't bother coming through, um, you know, so tell anybody that you said to come out, tell them not to come out. We don't want you. Um, and they know full well. And I said, well, maybe there's a misunderstanding. So I sent them some information about the good stuff we do for the community. Um, as of the airing of this, uh, as of the airing of this broadcast, they don't give a fuck. Um, they don't want us. And, um, and it's surprising that that attitude, that mentality, and that, that, that posture is still out there. And it's 2022, man. Especially, but, um, especially from Gibsonton. I mean, it's a, a it's a place that was uh, like founded by circus freaks who were ostracized yeah. by people, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah the, you know your history because that's where Barnum and Bailey and all those folks—that's where they lived when they weren't on the road doing yeah. circus stuff. And then as they retired, that's where they are. Like uh, they, you go through that town, uh, you know, like the the little the the little small woman and. Uh, you know, the, the tall guy and the, the woman with the hair on her face and all those folks, that's where they retired to yeah. this day. Um, but this place is, and um, I'm, I'm not, I don't take it lightly to call somebody out, but when they're that, when they have that level of disrespect, it makes you wonder, um, I, I would encourage anybody to avoid that place. Don't spend your money with places that don't support your lifestyle. Um, but they're in Gibsonton, Florida at 6226 Ohio Avenue. The place is called, <laughs> the, place is called the River's Edge Bar and Grill. And, um, and they don't like you. And, um, and that's okay because we don't, we don't need to like them back. Well, I mean, but, they got Gibstown, like the, the big, yeah. it's in February, a big biker event, you know? Yeah, the Gibstown Bike Fest. Yeah, that's, yeah. And, and here's the thing. Here's the crazy shit. I've actually been to that place before 
while the Gibtown Bike Fest was going on, we use it as a rallying point. We get together, you know, they got a big old parking lot. We'll meet there, you know, have a few beers. Everything is fine during during that 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 three days or whatever. Everything's fine. But I guess if it's not during the bike fest, they don't want to see you. So, you wow. know, yeah, that, that's it, it's uh, unfortunate. I hate it when that when we run across this stuff. But we're gonna make sure on on the COC's website. Uh, we have a, a, a WFL COC. Uh, org. It might be .com, but WFLCOC. And uh, then there's a Facebook page, which is also WFLCOC. Um, but we're going to make sure we put that. And again, this is hot off the presses, but we're going to make sure that we let folks know there's a section there that tells folks, hey, here's places that support us and here's places that don't want to see us. And we make it our business. And folks look at that, fortunately. So when they're coming through town and they want an idea of a good place to go, they take a look. But they also can find out where not to go. You know, so that's one of those kind of things. Well, it's been said a couple of times now that you guys are down there in Florida. Just curious, how'd you guys uh, fare through the uh, recent hurricane that blew through there? Actually, it wasn't. I think Bone didn't really get much. It came. Yeah. It came more. It came more my way. You know, we got the, you know, the wind and the rain. You know, knocked down some, a couple of trees and whatever. But we kind of. We made it through pretty well here, but we had a couple of bros that lived down in uh, down in Fort Myers who Ooh, yeah. took a pretty massive blow down there. So they were uh, they were sending videos and pictures and stuff of them driving through, and it's it's water almost up to the almost up to the uh, to the window as they trying to drive through to get out of get out of different places. So and um, just showing the pictures is like a it's like a train wreck down there. So. Yeah. Luckily, up on this side, I mean, we, we took a little damage here and there, but nothing too bad. But like I said, those those bros down down in uh, was it south southwest Florida? Yeah, took a beat. I'll tell you now. Um, I, I take offense to that because I'll tell you the the screen around my swimming pool in the Lanai area was damaged slightly, and I mean, FEMA won't do shit for me. They don't, they don't seem to care. No, I'm just playing. No, man. But uh, up here, uh, like Archbishop said, I, I, I'm blessed. I fared well. Um, didn't, didn't lose power. Didn't have no water issues, no flooding. Um, the, the cable didn't even go out, you know. But, um, but for some of those brothers, like you said, in, in the southeast, down in Fort Myers, uh, if you look at some of the pictures and videos from that stuff, it looks like, it looks like uh, something from a Mad Max movie or something. It, it, it's it's going to take them years to recover from the damage that took place. Uh, they lost a few lives. And, um, but the, I guess my, the thing I'm babbling about is that that work is still being done. Uh, there's still folks going down there every day. Uh, like Fran has, she's got trucks going back and forth. That's the lawyer. Uh, she's got trucks going back and forth, bringing supplies, food, uh, food, water, uh, all kinds of miscellaneous things that, that folks are in need of. And then um, I want to say a, a uh, heartfelt thank you to our brothers who have took a lot of time out of their lives to go into because you know they have those uh, places where FEMA is set up but then there's a lot of folks who because of because of flooding and other things uh, because no gas stations were available and all this that there were folks that were stuck in neighborhoods and little towns and stuff around the area that nobody could get to mm. so these guys got in their trucks and so forth and Traverse found found a way to get to those folks that needed some help that were just stranded, 
you know, couldn't couldn't get to help and help couldn't get to them. And our brothers made a way. So we, we just really, again, that's some of the stuff that they don't talk about, but they don't do it so that folks can talk about it. But I, I feel like, you know, the, the, the true narrative is something different than, than what they talk about on Suns or on Mayans and stuff. Mm. We've already established that Yellowstone has already said that cattle <laughs> are the real bad guys out there, you know. That's right. That's yeah. right. It's their fault. I'll tell you, Rip is the man. <laughs> oh, yeah. But I wouldn't fuck with Beth. I'll tell you that right now. Beth Beth's the best character on that show. Because <laughs> I, I like crazy chicks, so Beth is all, I'm all about that. <laughs> I can say that, but then, you know, I can get shot at. It's just like a whole thing. That's our problem. We love bad bitches. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. I get a I get a few uh, a few gunfire incidents every year, but I'm really fast and I learn to zig and zag, so you know that's part of the deal. Mm -hmm. You know yeah. what? We was talking about the uh, talking about the hurricane. I'm gonna bring this up too. There was a there was a club, uh, if I'm not mistaken, it was Rough Riders. Um <laughs> They all organized up in Orlando, all the different, all the different uh, chapters organized. And they went down to Fort Myer. And not only did they give out food and stuff to whoever needed it, but they gave away 300 gallons of gas oh. to, wow. to, whomever, to whoever needed it. Like they were, they weren't filling up your cars, but you bought cans and stuff, whatever they were giving you, they were filling up them cans to get you gas. 300 gallons of gas, they ain't charging wow. about it. Man, that's serious. That that's a serious thing because that's one of those things that folks you, you don't really think about. Um, in Florida, we're very you know aware of what happens during hurricanes, unfortunately. But but one of the things that that folks outside of here might not be aware of is that hey, when gas stations shut down because there's no power, they can't pump any gas, and even if and um, or they're not manned, nobody's there. Uh, Long story short, gas, you need fuel, you need food, you need shelter. The, the most basic things that we kind of take for granted and forget about becomes a really big deal all of a sudden when you don't have it. And um, so like I was saying earlier, the idea of getting from one of those places, even if you did have a vehicle, do you have gas to, to, to get there or get back? Um, we were up here, uh, one of our brothers, Big Baby, uh, we were trying to communicate. So once he got a, once he got a phone, oh, cell phones, because uh, cell phone towers get damaged, you can't talk to nobody. But once he got some communication, uh, he, he talked to us. And I'm, I, I remember I said to him, I'm like, hey, you know, what do you need? Let me load up the truck. I'm going to come on down there. He says, don't do it. You won't be able to get back. I'm like, say what now? I'm like, yeah, sure. No station's you know, open. Yeah. Yeah. He goes, you, you won't be able to get back. I'm like, shit. Because, you know, Fort Myers is a, a couple of three hours from from where we are and um but yeah it's like the, the idea of not yeah it's crazy but that, that's a good point i'll tell you this there was uh there's uh one club uh called uh there's the, the um, i'm gonna say like you don't know uh, mongols there's a mongol chapter or it's a couple of them actually they actually have a, some guys that are uh, divers this sounds crazy but what they did was they put together their own little um uh, ERT, emergency response team, and it consisted of uh, divers and um, people, you know, military guys and like this, and they went to some of the craziest areas with the intention of retrieving people whose houses were flooded. 
Because you might wonder, why do you need a diver because of a hurricane? Well, if you've seen what it does, how it will flood a whole neighborhood sometimes, some folks, especially if you're in one of those low-lying areas, they might have to get it, get in the scuba gear and go underwater to go and retrieve you or your stuff or, or you know, doing whatever important work is done. But, um, and I could go down the list of different motorcycle clubs who, who stopped what they were doing and said, hey, take care of the community, community is going to take care of you. You know, and that's not a, um, a plug for one club versus another club or any of that. This is, you know, good Americans, good bikers doing what we do. Because like I said earlier, the last vestige of Americanism you're going to find in the motorcycle club community. Because, you know, we're all about the freedom and taking care of ourselves and being self-reliant, self-sufficient, and, you know. Well, I know, for, I know for a fact that there were clubs that normally don't get along that were standing side by side helping people out down there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you kind of check your bullshit for a minute because, yeah. you know, some folks need you. So mm. it's not about that right now. We yeah. let's, let's help some folks that don't have nothing to do with this MC shit. They don't got nothing to do with it. It's just a neighbor, you know? Like I was up here uh, on my end. Uh, there's, <laughs> I, I mentioned this before, but I have this uh, this one certain neighbor who is about 8,000 years old, mean as all hell, and, uh, you know, hurricane's coming. We don't know uh, where it's going to hit or anything, so I'm out there uh, getting sandbags and doing all this other stuff the whole while, where uh, myself and one of my other neighbors, we're doing sandbags for her, and this old lady is cussing us up one side and up one side and down the other. Like, like, you know, not there, you black bastard. Put it over there, son of a bitch. You know, she's an old mean lady, but guess what? We her house is fortified like a son of a bitch uh, until the end of hurricane season when she'll be cussing somebody else out. Then get all this bullshit off my property. Who do you think you are, you son of a bitch? You know, like, but guess what? You know, you do it because. Because that's what we do, you know. We, we it's what we. I, I was saying one time before me and Arch were talking on the show. Chances are that that dirty, sketchy-looking guy on the Harley that lives down the street from you with them funny-looking things on the back of his jacket, like they call it, you know, them patches, might be somebody good to know. That it's probably your best friend that you didn't know that you had, you know. Because guess what? When things go down, um, that's somebody you can count on. Think about it this way the Mad Max movie or every movie where it's like an apocalyptic, it's the end of the world type shit. Who do you see running shit? Bikers. Who's actually living pretty good? Bikers. You know, <laughs> think about it. Think about it. Just saying, just putting it out there. It's true. The end of the world is going to be cockroaches and bikers. That's how it's going to be. And, <laughs> and Keith cockroaches, Richards. Bikers and styrofoam. <laughs> and, and Keith Richards. Right. <laughs> That's who's going to be running the world. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> but hey, but you know, um, I think the subject of what we was, uh, uh, the, the original subject we was talking about, I thought was a pretty good one. Uh, the idea of what happens when somebody's out of the club, you know, if he's out good, is he still your brother? That Because that one had me scratching my head a little bit. And there's so many variables to that. But um. But what, when, when y'all was talking about that dirty, what, what was like the, what were you thinking about? Like, like, what do you think? Like, well, for me, I mean, obviously, if you're in a motorcycle club, you've had guys leave, you know, it's just part of the deal. And it all depends on why they left. I mean, we've had guys leave because 
you know, they got, uh, they got jammed up with the misses, you know, they got families and they went a little too hard in the paint, did a few things they got caught doing and they got given that ultimatum, you know, it's me or the club. Sometimes guys choose the old lady and the kids and it's, it's hard to fault them on that. Cause it's like, well, you didn't make a commitment to her and you got kids and you got to be a man and take care of them. At the same time, you made a commitment to us. And now you're telling us that you can't be part of us anymore. I mean, I get it, but you know, it's like, you know, you don't want to like shun him completely. Cause you know, that's going to be a hard decision he had to make. And if he was a good guy before, then chances are, he's just trying to be a good guy now. So you kind of, you, you, you let them come by every once in a while when they want to stop by a party or something like that. And it's like, okay, hi, great. And if they want to come back, there's usually a pathway, you know, that we have where it's like, all right, well, you know, you're going to have to go through some shit again, but there is a pathway back. Now, if a guy leaves a club to go join another club, because say, and, and like in our world, you know, like we're not a 1% club. Let's say a guy leaves our club and goes to the next level you kind of got to respect the fact that he wants to enrich in his MC experience. Now, if he leaves on good terms, he doesn't bad mouth us. He doesn't talk shit. He treats us with respect still the whole right. thing. I don't have a problem with that. In fact, I have good friends or I have, you know, guys that left. We're still cool today. In fact, we built a bridge with another club. So now we all come together and it's, it's right. kind of a good thing. Now, if a guy leaves, because he doesn't like us and he's just like, fuck you guys. Well, then fuck him. Right. You know what I mean, he might not be out bad, but we don't want to fuck with that dude anymore. You know what I mean? Well, you, you do know, um, or maybe you don't, but um, uh, Jax Teller is my first cousin on my uncle's barber side. Okay. And um, he was telling me just the other day, because, um, you know, he faked his own death, sort of like Tupac and, uh, and Elvis did, because, you know, he's still alive. He works at 7-Eleven. And um and why Mama Florida? He works at Seven Eleven. That's where Jack Steller is. And okay. uh, he's on a he's on a um a jet bike now. I've been to Why Mama. There ain't nothing there, man. Yeah, that's why he's there because you know <laughs> nobody can find him. But Jack Steller was telling me the other day the reason that he faked his death is because the way that they do, because uh, they're they're a pretend one percent club, and I'm very proud of that fact. But uh, he said he had to fake his own death because for him to leave the club, they had to you know, it would be required of his brothers to murder him because he left the club. So mm. is that is that a thing? Or like, can you just leave the club? Yes. I mean, without being murdered, I mean, without being murdered. No, 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 no. I, I have never heard of anybody getting murdered because they wanted to leave a motorcycle club. Okay. I mean, <laughs> what, why would you? You know nah, what I mean? Yeah. I'm saying that shit, but but no, I've I heard all kinds of crazy shit. And uh, so I, I joke about it, but, you know, a, a club and you know and different clubs have different standards and different rules about exiting and so forth i'm just saying me personally if uh and ironically enough on for where i am now i don't hear about that a lot um but in my old club uh we had guys who who were out, were put out bad and yet other guys like you said who uh, a couple of guys because of military commitments uh had to leave the club uh, had a couple of guys who relocated because of work or family to an area that was in excess in my old club is if you're farther than 500 miles from the closest chapter, you got to lay them rags down. Uh, unless, of course, there's a, 
the effort of starting a new chapter. And even then there was a whole bunch of rules about it. But um, my thing is, hey, if you were out bad or as you were, if you were out good and um, uh, because of whatever, yeah, you know, no big deal. So, yeah, I'm not talking shop with him. I'm not talking club business, but um, if we're having a beer or like you said, if he just happens to be coming through the area, wants to stop over and, you know, have a beer or watch, watch the game or whatever, hey, no problem. You know, we just ain't talking shop. That, I, I feel like that's one of the biggest things. If you're out of the club, then you're out of the, the secret circle. You know what I mean? There's oh, no yeah. more secret handshake and we ain't talking about what we did in the clubhouse last weekend or, or what we talked about in church. That's none of your business no more. Um, but hey, are you still okay guy? Yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah. I mean, we've had a guy, you know, he was a good member, hell of a brother. And his parents lived 400 miles away, nowhere near us. And they're getting old. His dad's got cancer. He's got to go up yeah. there. He's got to take care of him. I mean, yeah. Obviously, he's more than welcome to stop by and party whenever he wants. And we got respect for him and the whole shebang. But yeah. he's not involved in meetings. He doesn't know exactly what's going on, if anything. You know, not right. that right. illegal, but I'm just saying, like, you know. He doesn't know all the ins and outs, but yeah, obviously we show him respect. I think the number one thing I personally look out for when it comes to members of clubs is those guys that do lateral moves. You know what I mean? They leave one oh, yeah. club, they go to this club, they go to that club. Next thing you know, they're knocking on your door and you're like, you know what, dude? I, I don't think so. Not club hoppers. Um, oh, no, yeah. we call them club hoppers. And, um, and yeah, that's something I'm saying just on a, on a me thing. Um, that's that's a huge gigantic red flag for me. There's a guy, um, guy named Big Cell, uh, who's in um uh, yeah, in uh, Georgia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Big Cell. Okay, uh, what's that thing they always say? Full disclosure. Full disclosure. I'm not a big fan of his, and um, I don't imagine he loves me too good either. But um, but Big Cell had been with like shit in five years, uh, six different clubs. Um, and uh you know not not a he, let's just say he didn't have a, a successful mc experience in any of those six times and yet he is uh, some sort of an mc authority uh which cracks me up but uh the thing is so a guy like him i don't know how you could get with six different clubs but my thought is after you know like three clubs in three years it's gonna make me now listen if you were if you were hanging around or a prospect, that's what that's for. You're, you're spending time to find out, is this a good fit for me? And am I a good fit? You know, do they feel like I'm a good fit for them? You know, you're feeling each other out. That's what it's for. A prospect can drop his rags at any time and, and, and go on down the road, handle your business. Um, or, or as you were, I wouldn't even say a prospect, I'll say a hang around. And in some cases as a prospect, right? Uh, sometimes there's, okay, you prospecting for so-and-so, didn't work out you got to wait a year before you you know it used to be the rule you had to wait a year or if you were even if you were a patch member of a club you had to wait a year before you uh petitioned or before you start talking about going to a new club that was just the way it was done but if you're doing that all the time then come on now you know there, there's got to be a problem maybe maybe the club ain't the problem maybe you're the problem i was gonna say oh. man if you've been divorced nine times maybe it's you yeah. <laughs> yeah right right you the problem, you the problem. Yeah. But, you, but you know one of the things 
that you just mentioned a little bit ago when you was talking about uh, people leaving the club and they're saying that, you know, they left because of their, you know, the old lady saying something or whatever, and they decided they, that that was more important and they had to go on about their business. <clears throat> you know, that happens. It happens. One of the, I think one of the biggest things that people that come into these clubs need to, need to realize, and, and we, we say it a lot, but don't really get into the, the whole brass thing, whole brass tax of it. And we say, know what you signed up for. So when you join it, so when you join these clubs, you, you, I mean, and you know, you got, you got two different type of people that's in these clubs. You got, you got the hobbyists that want to just ride every now and again, they go to parties and then you have the actual quote, quote bikers. You know what I mean? Now, out of the, out of the 20, out of the 22 years that I've been out here, can I, uh, can I say that I was not with, I mean, I've, I've lost girlfriends, whatever, you know what I mean? Dealing with this MC shit. I mean, that ain't, that ain't no lie. And then it was like, uh, you, like you meet people and you, they, they know what you do before they even decided to get involved with you. They know what you do. And then once, once they become a part of that, then they were like, oh, well, oh, you gotta, you, you gotta choose. It's either me or them, you know? And I've, I've always been, I've always been that one was like, you know, don't never ask me that question because you're not going to like my answer. Never, never put me in a situation to where I got to choose. You know what I mean? I, you know what I mean? I've been doing both sides for many years and I'm pretty good at it. You know what I mean? Let me do it how I do it. That's not for you. My bike shit and my, and my, and my personal life is two totally different things. Not to be intertwined but to, as one. You know what I mean, so, um, I think a lot of people when they when they join these clubs, it's like they join them, not really realizing what all that's entailed to them to do, and yeah. then they use excuses to get out of, it. you know. But um, I know several people that that's used to be in the club with me that's no longer in the club. Am I am I still cool with them? Yeah, I mean we have conversations. We we, we talk when I see them. I'm not gonna. Disclose club business. I'm not gonna be on there like, oh man, you know, since you've been gone, this is what you missed. I don't need to catch you up on none of that. We just, you know, if you if we were friends before, we're gonna always be friends because that brother, that bond that you make with with, with people goes beyond the club thing. You know, if you uh if you Me, me not being in the club no more than damn you were yeah. my friend from the beginning you know so like i said i still have i still have a lot of a lot of deep ties with a lot of people that's that's, that's no longer in the club for whatever reason that they were in but my biggest thing is is that whatever the situation is don't don't use an excuse to be your out you know what i mean if you if you can't handle the heat that's going on here, be mad enough to say that that's what it is. You know what I mean? Yeah. Don't put your old lady involved. Don't put because your kids got bike got bike practice and and dance recitals and you just got time because you had time when you first came in here. You know what I mean? So that's something that you gotta, you know, that's some stuff that you need to think about prior to you coming here. Is do do you have the time to deal with this? Because this is another part of your life. You know that, that you're gonna have to deal with. It's you know you can be you can be Steve Monday through Friday, but you know, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, you, you watch, you know, or whatever. So, you know what I mean? You gotta, 
you got to be able to put both of them into some kind of perspective, you know, and I think a lot of them, when they get into these clubs, they don't, they get into these clubs simply because of the, the whole fascination of being a biker, but not really understand what it takes to be a biker. You know what I mean? Not really understanding the, you know, that this is a, this is an actual, for some people, this is actually a life, a life ordeal. This is, this is what we going to do. This is how we going to be to the day we die. We're going to, we're going to be bikers. We're going to be yeah. one percenters. We're going to be in a 99 club or whatever you, whatever club that you in, but this is, this is you. And can't nobody change that, but you, you know what I mean? If you, I feel that if you, if you so quick to jump and skip clubs and all that other stuff, then you, you're not really grasping the concept or even know the, the traditions and the customs that we even do for you to be bouncing the way you be bouncing. You know what I mean? Like, like Bo yeah. was just talking about somebody that was, that was, uh, that was in so many clubs and so many years. You 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 in seven clubs in five years, but you're a motorcycle authority. Authority on what? On how to skip? You know what I mean? Yeah. You, you personally, you personally can't tell me shit. You know what I mean? What is it that you yeah. can tell me? Okay, how to hightail it out of out of this club whenever whenever shit get hot. Okay, I'm gonna leave here and I'm gonna duck and then I'm gonna wait thirty days and I'm gonna join this club over here. You know, what are you possibly? What can you possibly tell me? And the people that's actually listening to this bullshit. You know what I mean? Should have their head examined because they know. Yeah, yeah. Hey, how can you, you know? But like yeah. I say, though, a lot of people listen but don't actually know the background of who it is they listening to. You see what right. I'm saying? Because this yeah. stuff doesn't get put out. It only gets put out when you have people that actually know who these people are. To be like, man, why are you listening to this bum? You know what I mean? He's been to seven clubs in five years. He don't know shit. You know? What yeah. I mean? yeah, yeah. He wasn't around long enough to learn nothing. Other than like you said, he know how to he know how to skip. He's very good about that. But you know, you know some people are just good with the gift of gab, but don't but don't have no substance behind what they what it is that they're saying. So it makes everything that you're talking about bullshit. I'll tell you the thing that that um, that comes across my head all the time when when it comes to these club hoppers is who the fuck keeps letting them join the next club. Because remember, like once upon a time, the, the deal was, is, and I know at least in, in, I've only been in two clubs. Well, no, well, three. Uh, I've been in three clubs. Um, my club now, um, the support club, and, and the original club I was in uh, years ago. And in every circumstance, when someone wanted to join your club, there was a, a vetting process. Like, where'd you come from? Who's the last club? Were, were, were you in the military? What, what clubs have you been associated with? Have you ever prospected for a club? You know, you've been in jail before. If not, why not? Well, what's the matter with you? You know, what are you special? No, but for real, it was, there's a vetting process. And a big part of that vetting process was once you identified, uh, and also, who do you know? You know, like, so... And there was a, a background check, right? And um, part of that background check was to find out who the hell you were and who you were associated with. And if it came up that you had them five, six, seven freaking clubs in X number of years, the question is going to be, well, well, what the hell was going on there? And you, even if the club was somebody you didn't love, there was going to be a conversation one way or the other. Somebody was going to co-sign your shit one way or the other. Either, yeah, you know, it was like this, or, or here's what happened. Because, you know, after, after honestly, in my case, after like the third, fourth club in a, in a short period of time, 
I'm going to say to myself, wait a minute. Why is that? You know, like, like you said a minute ago, Archbishop, uh, hey, after that much time, it, it, it ain't necessarily the club no more. It's probably you. You know, but you got But who keeps letting these motherfuckers into these clubs? It, it, it's, it's a head scratcher to me, that one. Well, so in our little neck of the woods, there are a handful of clubs. And they're, you know, non-one percenter, sort of, you know, just traditional mom and pop, whatever you want to call it. It's just non-one percenter, three-piece patch MCs. Yeah. And there are a handful of guys that you'll watch them. They go from club to club to club. And every once in a while, one will come our way. And whenever one of them comes our way, the first thing I say is I say, well, you know what, man? I know you. I've known you for a while. You're a cool guy. Here's what I would recommend. Talk to me in a year. Take yeah. a year off, man. Get the taste of MC out of your mouth. Fucking do you for a year. I'm not saying you can't hang around. I'm saying I don't even want to fucking talk to you about joining for at least one year. If you come back to me in one year and say, hey, you know, your club's a club for me, yada, yada, yada. All right, cool. But if you leave your club on Monday and come to me on fucking Saturday, I'm going to be like, dude, come on. And I've watched guys do it. I watched a guy leave one club, join another club, and go back to his other club, and then come to my club and start talking to me behind his other club's back. I'm like, dude, I don't watch it. Right. Yeah, I remember him. He he contacted us via messenger that he was going to come our way. Remember that? Yeah. I'm like, no, it's no, it's just no, no. no. Hard. Yeah, he is cutting out the middleman, right? Messenger. That's some. Yeah, that that's some of that 2020 shit. 2020 shit, whatever year it is. And then I and then I I I I wonder what the fuck goes through these people's minds. Do you think I'm just waiting for you to fucking ask me to join, and I've got your fucking patches already ready to go? Like, oh, awesome, dude. Here, here you go. Get them sewn on tomorrow. You're in. Yeah. Yeah, I was in a club before, so I don't have to prospect yours to come in. The fuck you don't. Yeah. 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 You know, a lot of them do that. A lot of them do that these days. Like they like they sit around and they search to see what club that they can get into without having a prospect. You know, and one of the one of the big things like that I say all the time is that you don't put value into something that you did not earn. So if I'm just giving you a set of patches and say, hey, man, put these on, you in. You know what I mean? You don't got no value in that. And that's why they're so easy. That's why it's so easy for them to give them up. You know what I mean? Because they, did, they didn't have to work for it. They didn't have to, they didn't have to be, a, be a hang around. They didn't have to be a probie. They didn't have to do all the hazing and, and, the, and the crap that was associated with it. They didn't have to do none of that. You just, you just gave them something. And you, like you gave it to them in hopes that they would act right or they would be right or they would yeah. be the person that they told you that they were instead of actually prospecting them and you could see for yourself what this man is made of, you know? Yeah. So, so I think a lot of these, a lot of these guys, they look for the easy way out. And then when it's, you know, when they get rubbed the wrong way or they in their feelings, which of course what me and Bone say all the time, I mean, fuck your feelings, but that's what they do. Yeah, they, yeah. they get in their feelings and then they ready to leave. And then they go to this club over here because they think that this club is bigger and better, but guess what? It's a, you won't still deal with the same bullshit. And you're going to keep dealing with the same bullshit because you came in the wrong way from the beginning. You didn't yep. learn nothing from the beginning. You know what I mean? So the only thing that you're doing is taking your nonsense that you dealt, that you was giving out to these people over here. You're going to, going to this club and you're issuing out the same 
drama of uh, the same drama field bullshit to another damn club. You know what I mean? Instead of doing it the right way. You know, I think any club that just gives somebody patches just for the, the simple fact of, of having, having numbers, that's the biggest mistake that you can make. Yep. You know, I, I'd rather have five, I'd rather have five, six people that I knew hands down was, was, was going to be straight up 100 than have, than have 15 people in my side and have five straight up and, and 10, 10 fuck boys. Well, yeah. you know what I mean? That's where that, that's where that whole vetting process goes in. That's where the whole, the whole actual prospecting part goes in. You know what I mean? And actually, actually let them prospect longer than, longer than a day. You know what I mean? Let them, let them go through this shit six months, a year. Or whatever, you know what I mean? Because you you don't know, you can't be fake for a year straight. You can't be fake for six months. You know what I mean? If you're around somebody all the time, no matter how fake that they try to be from the beginning, that fakeness always comes out later on. And that's when you that's 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 when you actually figure out what this person is really about. What are they actually made of? You know, are they just are they just talking shit, or is he actually the real deal? Oh, it's just like yeah. that deal, you know, at mile 600, when it's fucking raining and 42 fucking degrees, that's when we find out what the fuck you're actually made of. I got a question for both you guys. Either one could go first. I don't care. What do you feel about guys that leave a motorcycle club, an MC? They leave and then they try to start like an RC or an association so they don't have to go through. They feel like they don't have to go through any propers. They're just going to, hey, I'm going to start this thing called Fast Harleys Only, and uh, we're going to do whatever the fuck we want. We don't have to do any of the propers, and we don't got to file protocols because we're just an MA or we're a fucking RC. What do you think about that? <laughs> oh, 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 let me. Okay, since you said Fast Harleys Only, <laughs> I can tell you. Um, for an example, for an example. Yeah, for an example. Um, the funny thing is, uh, somebody from uh, from Georgia uh, called me uh, last week and was telling me, uh, or was asking me, why is this dude on the on the uh, damn um, on the radio or uh, whatever on the podcast talking about all this stuff when he don't ride his bike, he don't go to any uh, any motorcycle events unless there's. 2,000 cops there. He don't do nothing in his own state. He's got to go to a whole other state by which to do this. And if this cat decided he wanted to start a, a MC, I would find now in the, in that circumstance, I would find it laughable because one, you don't know anything about what, what being in a club is like for real. Uh, you don't know what it is to actually prospect for real, you know, um, and Archbishop touched on it, but it goes back to, in my opinion about that, if the guy is a solid individual, because I've seen it, uh, where a solid individual who was solid as all get out, well-respected in the community, who was a probate, you know, probie prospect, however, uh, did that thing properly, mastered it, you know, was a good brother to his club, and for one reason or another, and went through the proper, the proper channels to do it and say, hey, I got a vision of such and such. I have seen that process work and work very successfully. I've seen it right here in the state of Florida. And man, and, and with the, the one I'm thinking of uh, is a club called Arawak. They are solid as all get out, right? Now, flip side of the coin, I've also seen some dudes where they were a part of uh, some RC, never, never was a 
probie for uh, for 20 minutes, let alone uh, a year or so, never, right? And his whole idea was, hey, um, I want to do my own thing. Without actually knowing what this MC thing is about, I think it's all, it's all, it's laughable. It's laughable. I've seen it before. So I think it really depends on who are we talking about? Because some guys I saw, um, in fact, I sent it to you, Archbishop, a guy uh, made a post the other day saying, saying there's a lot of, a lot of these guys wouldn't be a member of the club at all, unless y'all let him be the president. And I was like, wow, remember that? And that's, that's the thing. So it's like, Hey, if you're the president of a club or, you know, you'll be in the club, but if you're not the president of the club, then let me leave and go start a club so I can be the president of, of that shit show of an organization. So it goes back to, depends on who we're talking about. Um, I think there are those circumstances where, hey, it's a good move where if someone decides to do it, they can do it, do it properly, uh, consistent with, with the traditions and protocol of, of the MC community, have at it, go for it, you know, like go with God, like they used to say, you know, all that's good. But for these clowns that's out here, you, if you was a clown when you was in the club, and then you're probably still a clown now. You don't start a club and all of a sudden just get bestowed with the best MC traditions and values just because you decided to start a club so you can be the president. But, you know, but that's just me. I'm, I'm funny acting that way, but, you know. <laughs> now, now, my answer is, now I'm going to give you, now, part of what Bone said, like, you know, it depends on, depends on the individuals that's, that's actually doing it is one thing. Now, they don't, just because they, they started an RC does not make them unscathed. They still got to deal with this. So if you weren't, if you weren't anything on back here, you're going to deal with me, whether it's, whether you are RC or MM, uh, uh, BC, MC, don't make no difference. ABC, EFG. You're going to still deal with me uh, because there's still, there still has to be some kind of recognition for you to even be out here. You know what I mean? So you can go ahead and, and, and throw your little fancy little Skittle colors on your back and you can ride around here and you may ride around for a couple of months until I see you. But then when I do, then guess what? Then I'm going to take them and they're going to be sitting in my club. I was hanging upside down and you're going to be butthurt because you just spent your money on some shit. And that's exactly what yeah. it's going to be. It's some shit. So, you know, a lot of people that, that try that, you know, you need to make sure that, like like Bone was saying, if it was somebody that actually came from a club that was that was that was actually genuine, that actually came in the right way, he had he had everything put together, like the like the organization part, the bylaws, stuff like that, and you you know where you can look at it and see like, okay, this man's on point about what he's trying to do, then you wouldn't have a problem with like, okay, we'll go ahead and let you do that. But when you got somebody that once you start doing your little betting and investigating who this dude is, and then you find out that he's one of these guys that that don't like authority, that wants to just do do stuff his way. He does this. He does this. He's prone for prone for being a knucklehead. He's uh, you know, basically uh, basically a smuckatelli. So <laughs> so uh, you know what I mean. So with him, you're gonna tell him hell no. I mean, if this, if you couldn't cut it in this, what makes you think I'm gonna let you do this? Thanks. Yeah. Thanks. No, thanks. That was a great question. 
Well, you know, I mean, it's it, it, it kind of ties into everything we're talking about because I have seen a handful of guys. In fact, I know a guy who left a motorcycle association to start a social club because apparently the motorcycle association was too hardcore. He had to start a, you know, a social club where they only wear T-shirts. It's like, dude, why? You know what I mean? Like, why? I had a guy come up to me literally two weeks ago and was asking me about starting a club. I said, how many of you guys you got? Well, it's me and my cousin. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? Why? Well, why do you feel the need? You need to start a whole thing because two of you want to ride together. Just go riding with your goddamn cousin, dude. Right. Right. Here you go. <laughs> well, because, you know, uh, Hank, uh, Hank, my uncle uh, from Mayans, he's my uncle on my, my sister's nephew's um, uh, next door neighbor's side of the family. Um, but Hank told me that when he started Mayans, it was just him and uh, El, El Padrino. And um, I said, well, how did you do that? I said, you know, the, the MC set, the rules, the bylaws, the traditions. He said, man, we don't need no stinking traditions. No, I'm just kidding. All right, I made that up. I might have fibbed a little All right. <laughs> Hank is not my relative. I, I lied. Oh, well, we're man. kind of running crazy on time here. So I got one last question. And... You know, feel free to answer it however you guys want. And by the way, I respect the shit out of you guys for coming on our podcast. You don't have to. You, you take the time. And I don't want to chew up any more of your time. I know you guys are always doing things. And I appreciate you being on. But people are going to wonder what you guys are talking about on the big boneyard. What, what kind of topics do you guys tackle? Wow. Ooh, um, we're, we're all over the place. Um, not, not in a bad way, but I mean, we, the biggest thing about us is uh, we try to introduce subjects that relate to uh, the biker lifestyle. So what I did there, but no, uh, for real, it's, uh, it's about, we talk about, Hey, guess what? Sometimes you got to get on your motorcycle and ride it because you know, this is biker shit. A lot of times we, we rarely, start on time because we're actually out doing biker shit um but we talk about protocol we talk about uh, different situations that might come up we talk about uh the tradition which we're big on tradition uh protocol education um and we feel like if we can can point folks in the right direction and kind of you know learn them up a little something uh, so and, and, it, and don't get me wrong, it's not entertaining. Or excuse me, it's not that it's not entertaining. It's definitely entertaining. Uh, it's not boring. Um, people, we have a lot of fun doing it. But yeah, we we tackle some subjects that that people want to know. We talk about stuff that a lot of folks aren't. Uh, meaning, like what happens if uh, you know what if you get approached by these guys, which these guys might be like us, right? Um, what's the best way to uh, to interact? If, uh, if you're trying to accomplish a certain something, if you're trying to, uh, what, what's the reasons behind joining a motorcycle club? What's some reasons not to? Um, what, what's different circumstances? How do you be a good chapter president? How do you, you know, it's like, it's like a great how-to slash, here's what the hell really goes on. And the thing that I love about us is we're putting out information that anybody should have, but we don't talk about none of the stuff that, 
that you don't need to know or that nobody needs to know. Because like, uh, you know, we'll, we're, we're quick with, hey, you know what? I'm sorry you didn't like the answer, but fuck your feelings. You know, too bad. You know, this, this ain't for you. And that's another thing. We make it real clear that this biker thing, whilst there's people that admire it and all like that, this is not for everybody. You know, this is not for the faint of heart. Um, this is just because you see somebody do it don't mean that you need to, you know. Um, but we don't do that in such a fashion where we're running folks off. We're just keeping it 100, you know. And if you if you like what we got to say, then, you know, if you want, like my brother likes to say, if you want it straight with no chaser, you know, fuck with the big boneyard. We're going to give it to you straight, no fucking chaser. Um, if you want some watered down shit, um, yeah. FHO, you know, Big Cell, Big Cell got you covered. <laughs> you know, um, to, to add on to what Big Bone was saying, you know, the, if just to sum it up, the MC, the MC world is based on four things, and that's uh, protocol, tradition, customs, and culture. You put them four together, and that's what that's what each club should be about. Um, a lot of times we get into conversations where um, you ever been in a club meeting and you sit in this club meeting for two, three, four hours, and then you leave the club meeting. As soon as you leave the meeting, you call somebody on the phone and was like, hey man, why are they talking about this? Or why did they not talk about that? This is the stuff that we talking about. This is, this is we're gonna answer the questions that you should have asked in the meeting, but don't. We're gonna talk about we're gonna talk about brotherhood and why this brotherhood is important. We're gonna talk about um, you know the rules and the protocols and the traditions and why it's been passed down throughout these years and why does it why is it now that it's you know even though this is a new generation it's kind of it's kind of one of them deals where you have a uh, you have a, a new school problem, but you gotta use old school mentality to deal with those problems. Mm. That's a lot of stuff that we're doing because a lot of the, a lot of the traditions and stuff like that has kind of fallen to the wayside. People have been, you know, you got them starting these clubs and whatnot, and they just they just going for what they know, not because that's what it is. So a lot of the stuff that we that we put out there is a lot of the it's a lot of the stuff that if you if you're in a club and you had a question and this is some some stuff that you've been you've been pondering in your mind, and you didn't you didn't really want to bring it up because you didn't want to start nothing, or you wanted to wanted to have some closure on this, or wanted a little bit more information on this. Then during the time you can get on there and you can you can type out what you want to ask that question on. We, we we can see it right then and answer it, or you can call in and we can we can put you on there live and answer your question. But we're trying to get this get this old school knowledge back out hoping that it encapsulates what's going on now and kind of bring this motorcycle culture back to the way it used to be and function the way it used to be. Absolutely. Right on, man. That's it. And, um, oh, I'll throw this out real quick too. Um, so, um, one of the things I like that we do is, uh, we've got some pretty interesting guests that, uh, that come on, to either just jump on a certain subject that we're talking about or some folks that uh, that people need to hear from. You know, like we had a, a brother by the name of Hood uh, who wrote a, a, a great book um, a couple of years ago called uh, Cross Country and the Bullshit With It. 
And um, so he came on the show, chopped it up, answered a lot of questions. The show went way long because there was so many people who were engaged and so many people who had read the book who wanted to talk to this guy and hear what he had to say. Um, we've got another another biker who's a uh, who's an author, uh, well respected throughout the MC community uh, by the name of Prophet. Uh, Prophet's on tonight. Um, we're starting about seven p.m., uh, but Prophet's going to be on tonight uh, in. He's real knowledgeable about this MC tradition, you know, the uh, Mick culture. Uh, and, um, what's his face? Uh, Priest calls it uh, from Sucker Free MC calls it the MC ULTURE, uh, Mick culture. Um, but yeah, he's real knowledgeable about this stuff. So, you know, we have these great guests that come on, they really add something to the conversations that we have. Um, but it's going good, man. I think uh, the result that that we were looking for, we're getting that, and um, and maybe a little little bit extra, you know, it's a lot of folks following us, and they're getting something out of it, you know, uh, we get a lot of feedback from these folks that don't just watch a show, but then we hear from them later on saying, hey, that thing that you told me, that was good, because this came up in the clubhouse last weekend, and we were able to do this, and we made this change, and here's what's great, you know, I was in North, uh, Minot, North Dakota, um, in uh in uh, July, or, or I think it was July, in uh, Minot, North Dakota, and ran into this club. Uh, it was real cool. They had a motorcycle waiting for me and everything. But um, uh, I was talking to this club. I'll go outside, and I'll keep this real short. I go outside, and I hear the road captain say, say, okay, well, uh, who's ready to go and who needs gas? And I know that they had been waiting about 45 minutes or an hour. Uh, that was when they were supposed to be doing KSU, you know, kickstands up, getting ready to go. It's an hour later almost. And he goes, all right, who needs gas? And more than half the hands go up, I need gas. And they break out into a conversation about where the closest gas station was. And I thought, I, I started laughing. I thought they were joking. They were dead ass serious. So I had to point out, like, wow. I'm like, he goes, oh, well, what, what's going on, big bro? I'm like, well, you know, on my side of the fence, if the road captain says it's time to go, it's time to go. And you didn't talk about a fine, nobody's getting dinged, nothing. Like you told them where the gas station was. I was shocked and amazed. I'm like, so it was like a little thing that before I left, uh, before I left town a couple of days later, um, they had changed the policy. He asked me some questions about it later on, asked me some questions. I told him, hey, look, here's how we do, that's, that's us. You don't gotta do it, but here's how we get down. And before I left, this dude had hit up folks $125 worth of fines because he said, hey, next time we say it's time to go, that don't mean it's time to start thinking about getting gas in your bike or, you know, screw around with your girlfriend or whatever. That means it's time to go. Mm -hmm. and, um, and he started dinging people. I was like, wow, you know, like I wasn't trying to, you know, make people kick out. In his case, he said $25 fines. I'm like, wow, okay, that was pretty interesting. But that's a thing that's just so very, very normal to us. But as a cultural thing, a road captain has certain jobs. He had no idea what his, what his duties were as a road captain. And that was like, depending on your club, that's one of them. When it's time to go, it's time to go. You know, and it sounds like a little simple thing, but there's a hundred other things like that that come out on this show that people tell me they implemented or they learned from. And Archbishop, I know he gets the same exact thing. So the, the big payoff for us is, is that it's, we feel like we're helping the, the culture. We, we're kind of pointing folks in the right direction and they've got a, 
uh, a listening ear, you know, somebody they can communicate with. Mm-hmm. Sometimes folks don't even want to talk to their own brothers about things because they don't want to, like Archbishop said, because of any number of reasons, they might be embarrassed to ask the question. They didn't want to ask it or they forgot to ask it while they was in church. Then guess what? You know, every week, get at us. Let us know. You know, we, we're going to do our best. Well, right on, man. Go ahead, Dirty. Well, I was going to say, well, where can people uh, watch the show at? Uh, well, uh, we're on um, we're on YouTube, and um, we're still figuring out the simulcast. But we know um, you can on the COC's website. It goes there, uh, WFL COC on uh, Facebook, or uh, on um, on uh, it's a couple of places on Facebook, I guess. But uh, also YouTube. YouTube is is great because you can just uh, hit the search single, the big boneyard. Boneyard is one word, uh, so it's the big boneyard in, in one word on on youtube uh we usually go about 7 p.m every sunday but you know if uh, to see the live show but you can catch any of the uh, the older episodes um so if you go there definitely hey subscribe like share let me do that commercial shit there hey make sure you subscribe like share and comment and all like that but it helps hit that notification bell yeah hit that notification yeah hit that yeah. notification bell uh, let me let me impersonate another oh, no, no. Oh, let me do this is somebody else i ain't gonna say who it is Yo, make sure you smash that notification bell. <laughs> oh, shit. We know who that is. <laughs> we just got ghosted. We Anyways. Sure. <laughs> uh, I, ain't trying to say, I ain't trying to start shit. I ain't trying to start shit. <laughs> just shit. You guys on no, Instagram? It's a, it's a couple of guys. Yeah, yeah. Um, On Instagram, I, I think uh, both of us are on Instagram. Uh, mine is uh, Bone OFFO. I think on, on Instagram, uh, I think it's Bone OFFO on like everything. Um, but uh, an Archbishop, what's your, yours is what on Instagram? Uh, it's Archbishop Bosonocha on Instagram, and then on uh, on Facebook, it's just it's just Archbishop. Oh, but hey, the, uh, the what you call it? Um, there's um, the Facebook page is the Big Boneyard on uh, Facebook. Uh, we have our own uh, Facebook page. Uh, thanks to Archbishop and and his seventeen hundred female followers. This dude. Hey, Man, hey, chicks digging, man. I'm just saying, chicks digging. Well, um, I mean, look at the guy. Yeah, it's, it's a, he's, he's a right sexy man. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah, we recommend you watch this episode on YouTube. I'm just saying, don't listen to it on Spotify. Watch it on That's YouTube. That's right. That's right. Well, we'll get all your links, man, and we'll put them out there. We'll put the master link on this one when we send it out tomorrow. Right on, brothers. And uh, Bone, always a pleasure, man. I mean, we've been on. You know, we did the. Uh, we did the black dragon thing there for a bit and you've been yeah, on the show yeah. before and you know, we've gone back and forth personally on text and shit, man. It's sure. uh, always a pleasure. Always a pleasure, man. Same here, brother. Thank oh, you. Oh so shit. Much. I gotta, I gotta mention real quick, that story you had about breaking down and that guy called oh, talking man. about how Wait. he was there just to make sure that you didn't get dead. I love yeah, that. That was yeah, the yeah. best story. That was the ever best story ever. ever Carter, that was in Cartersville, Georgia. Cartersville, yeah. Georgia. Quake. Quake. Yep. Quake. Yep. yep. I love That's... that story, man. We might we might just grab that one out and throw it out as a little uh a little vignette. You know, Hell yeah. it's, it's it's worth it, man. It is. <laughs> And, uh, <laughs> green mile motherfucker, <laughs> green mile looking motherfucker. Oh, uh, an arch man, a pleasure to meet you. Uh, oh yeah, good times, man. Hopefully, yeah, I can uh, get up, get up your way, and uh, and hang with you guys. Right we'll on. See, we'll see how do anytime. I'm down. If down you guys here. want us to be a guest on your podcast, all you gotta do is ask, and we'd be more than happy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just saying. Yeah, yeah. Let's do it. Yeah, yeah let's, let's do, do it. it. 
Tank, you're, you're still in town, right? Oh, I'm in Bradenton until end of April, so yeah. Okay, well, shit. Oh, man, we definitely go hook up then, shit. Right on. Like, like soon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's get through the holidays first. Oh, yeah. Because look, next time, look, Tank's going to fuck around and start fucking with me and Archbishop. You go, the next time you see him, he's like, hey, um, is this done? He's, he's going to be all fucked up, and, and I'm going to blame <laughs> Archbishop. You know, You'll have stick like always. Oh boy, <laughs> that's not the first time yeah, that's man. happened. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Well, we're running we're running long on time here, but thanks, guys. It was really good to have you on the show. We'll do yours. We'll we uh, we started something really yeah. good here today. So uh, thanks everybody for for tuning in, checking us out, and uh, keep in mind everybody most dangerous part on your motorcycle is the nut that connects the seat to the handlebars. Peace. That's it. I see her rolling up over black Cadillac High heel boots and a sexy body full of tats Baby's bad, oh baby's hella bad After her there ain't no coming back Wanna take a run at that I think she's feeling me, turn it up a few degrees My imagination of her body gets the best of me Oh god she's such a tease, bitten lips, bruised knees I'm addicted to her, need her touching me Cause she got a bad little waist And we tearing down this place Off the liquor that we chase Got some egos to the face, baby I don't need no space Coming closer for a taste And I'll show you how I make everything Thing just fade away cause she's like sex, drugs, coke, 